On your PC, iPod or smartphone, this is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. On the 14th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast, we catch up with South Australian state women's coach, Norelle Smith. Seaford Tigerettes coach, Tina Henshaw, drops by and a quick review and preview of Queensland women's footy with Marnie McGorm. All that coming up on the Girls Play Footy podcast. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the 14th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. A quick one today to get through three interviews for you. But before we head into that, obviously a quick thank you to uh, Matt and Katie at girlsplayfooty.com for hosting this podcast, all the articles and the uh, radio stream as well. And a special mention, we're just about a week away from the AFL Women's Exhibition match, the first for this year between the Melbourne Demons and the Western Bulldogs. The AFL have uh, put out a release confirming that Jason Bennett will be the host and lead commentator for the broadcast that will be on afl.com.au of this first game. Jason, of course, is an ex-Fox footy and ESPN broadcaster. So we look forward to his commentary of the game uh, coming up on Sunday, May 24 at the MCG. As we said, stream live via afl.com.au. And if you're thinking about heading along to the game, uh, you can get tickets for $15. And that'll also allow you to stay on and watch the men's uh, Demons versus Bulldogs match afterwards uh, just go through the uh, Melbourne Football Club website follow the links that you've got to follow and you can also get tickets there as well to the official post-match function for $50 again all that's on the uh, Melbourne Football Club website who are the hosts for uh, this clash Sunday May 24. Let's get into our first interview the state game is coming up this Saturday between South Australia and the Northern Territory in Darwin and the SA squad has been selected and that's why I've got on the line the SA state coach in Norrell Smith. Uh, Norrell, uh, I guess this is the first year that we're seeing the, the benefits of the new elite pathway for South Australian women's footy. Yeah, look, I think um, it really it's only our first year that we've actually implemented it well. Um, and But we've been building the last couple of years. Probably since Cairns, I think we've been really working hard to make that pathway really clear. And, of course, this all started back a couple of months ago when you had um, some uh, trials um, uh, held at Adelaide Oval and then, of course, the uh, the draft match that was played before the Adelaide versus Melbourne game. Uh, have you seen a difference in the skill quality amongst the girls over the past 12 months? Oh, I think um, what those types of games do is they actually um, give them targets and it actually gives them uh, that level of excitement that they understand that there are things to be achieved but they'll only achieve them through hard work and actually putting the time in themselves. With these uh, games, do you find that you can find a uh, diamond in the rough? Oh, look, I, I like to think that I, I keep pretty well on top of our talent in South Australia. Um, and uh, what I do find is, is sometimes the, the ones that seem to shine back in clubland uh, really need to work a bit harder to shine on the biggest stage. So, yeah, it might be a little bit in reverse, maybe. Has there been a different attitude amongst the girls um, uh, leading into uh, this week? Not only with the game obviously coming up, but off the back of the um, sensational carnival that South Australia had with the youth girls? Yeah, look, I suppose, you know, all involved at the SNFL were flying pretty high at the moment, going undefeated in Pool B, and, and hopefully, um, you know, we'll, we'll move up into, you know, uh, play against the likes of Victoria and WA and Queensland. 
So, you know, there's there's a fair, fair bit of buzz around, especially the kids um, that are still in that age group. And with some of the youth girls, will any of them be uh, as part of the SA State squad to take on NT this weekend? Yeah, look, we've got uh, Ebony Marinoff, who was named in the middle All-Australian. Um, Sarah Allen, who was uh, named Ruck, I think. Um, and uh, we were taking away Ellie Kellogg with us, but she unfortunately did her AC joint, so she's out for about a month. So, yeah, those, those were our three youth girls. Um, oh, and sorry, Sarah Milham as well, who featured up forward and I think uh, missed out by one goal about being leading goal kicker. And she was only hit pipped by her fellow teammate, Ashley Woodland. Yeah, Ashley's unfortunately too young to play seniors, so uh, no doubt we'll see her come up through the ranks in the coming years. And uh, how many girls will you be taking up to uh, the Northern Territory this weekend? We're taking 23, so uh, playing group of 22 and one person will be named in emergency. Well, at least in Melbourne anyway, the weather's been cold over the last few days. Uh, how are the conditions comparing in Adelaide compared to what you have to face up in the uh, top end on Saturday? Yeah, look, it's been really chilly down here in Adelaide. It kind of went from uh, all of a sudden we were summer into winter, so uh, the girls have been training in pretty cold weather, so hopefully uh, they'll have that cold room going up at TIO when we can chuck them in the freeze room. Um, Typically, um, the uh, NT girls, which normally have a lot of Indigenous uh, girls in their side, are known as a fast, quick-moving type of football. How how do you expect to counteract that? Yeah, look, um, we've... We've got all our structures set out and hopefully the girls will all play their role and play to the structures and, and we're hoping that our our skills will be uh, superior, hopefully, and um, we'll just try and run them into the ground, basically. And uh, will Danielle Godding be pulling on the jumper, considering that she has next week the uh, AFL Women's Exhibition match? Yeah, look, she'll definitely be playing uh, number one ruck and closely followed by Sarah Allen, who will be uh, the number two ruck probably playing off of the uh, half-forward flank. And um, we'll, we'll run Danny Godding as uh, hard as we can in preparation for Melbourne. And, of course, it's uh, a, a carrot on the end of the stick, I guess, for some of the girls that come July there is the mini-draft, so the chance to be picked up again by either Melbourne or the Western Bulldogs, the second uh, exhibition match. Who are some of the players that we really should be keeping an eye out for that you think could be in the selectors' eyes and maybe a chance? Oh look, um, there, there was a, there were a couple of girls that really got the eye of the um, Cowan and Stasovic when they were over a, a couple of months ago, and um, Dana Cox, and she's again from Morphville Park. She uh, she's a really zippy little midfielder that's uh, one of the best chase down tackles in SA. Um, she'll she'll definitely feature if uh, if she can have a good game. Um, Ebony Marinoff. Uh, that played in the youth girls. I think she's just uh, she's just a, a jet of a kid. Uh, you know, she's um, probably hasn't got the elite kit, but um, she'll work on that as she gets better. And and of course, Sarah Allen featured very very well over in the youth girls with that um, tall leap. And we're hoping that we can add some tricks to her kit bag, and and maybe they'll have a look at her. And we thank Narelle Smith very much for her time, and wish the SA State Squad all the very best as they take on the Northern Territory up in Darwin this Saturday. And keep your eyes peeled on the AFL NT or NT Thunder websites, as they might have details if they are uh, live streaming that game from TIO Stadium in Darwin. Now let's return to Victoria and the VWFL Division One. Now Division One, of course, is the league just below Premier Division. It's 
it's made up of some of the Premier Division reserve side and some other clubs who put their first side in that level where they're not quite Premier Division quality yet, but of course they're on the way up. And we talk about the Seaford Tigerettes who started out many years ago in South Mornington. Just about three years ago, they moved up to Seaford. And uh, what a season's been for them so far. They were Division 2 last year. They just lost the grand final. And now they're up in Division 1 and they're 4 and zip undefeated after four rounds. In fact, they beat Cranbourne, uh, the other top side, by just two points on the weekend. And the Tigerettes last year had a side in Division 5, the Development League, uh, that won the flag. That second side is now in Division 3. As we said, the Division 1 side originally came from Division 2. And Tina Henshaw, their playing coach on the line, you were a bit unlucky that day at Coburg City Oval. You, you were literally 30 seconds short of a premiership. We certainly did. We were coming home with a, you know, with a strong comeback. But, uh, you know, it's not good enough when you're when you're playing behind. So we should have won it earlier, but we didn't. And uh, it tastes a bit bittersweet in the mouth, really. And you've bounced back in the best possible way. But before we get talking about how you're going so far in Division 1, have you found preparing for Division 1 that challenge, particularly when the league have come out and said, here's the fixture for the year, you've gone up to the next division? Yeah, we didn't We didn't know. And, and that's how we sort of we sort of played. And we will still play. There's still a few teams to, to play. We just don't know, and you can't adequately prepare against the other side. So we don't, because we don't know. We don't know what we're up against. We don't know how they play. We don't know who's key in their teams. We didn't see them play at all last year. So my message to my girls has been, let's just play our game, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. The only team that we, we did know was Geelong. And, of course, uh, North Geelong came up with you um, last year from uh, Division 2 into Division 1. And uh, f- for the start of the year, because you'd gone up an extra grade, had that helped trying to attract new recruits to the club? I'm not sure that it did. Um, I-, I think that the success from last year is what, what attracts people. And once they get down there, they see that we're a pretty friendly and pretty nice club to be around. Uh, in particular, the-, the boys are really supportive as well. So it's not just us in isolation. It's the whole club. You know, there's also the netball the netball girls and you know there is just so much support and if you've been around footy for a long time uh you know that support's invaluable and how have you found it uh for the tigerettes being part of the seaford club because i'm correct this is your second or third year after originally being down in south mornington yeah it's our third season it's our third season in i only come um part way through that first season but what attracted me to it was the the feel within the club and the support from from the men It, it is truly amazing i cannot I cannot tell you how good it is. I've been around a few clubs, but this this certainly takes a cake. Uh, without being biased, was it fair to say that Seaford possibly had the biggest support on Grand Final Day at Coburg City over last year? <laughs> I would I would think that they did. Um, Geelong do play very hard football, and we're known for playing quite hard football. Uh, you know, take that whichever way you like. But they're, they're certainly not that type of side now. They're they're playing good hard football now, and, and well and truly fair. So. Well, let's have a look at, at Division 1. Um, you took on Knox in the first game, who had made the top four last year. And to get a, a win in the end, which I think was about two or three goals, uh, you must have been thinking, OK, you know, we, we can mix it with the finalists from last year. Yeah, I mean, we looked at that. We didn't. We were up, I think, by about 30 points at half time. I think. We were up, up by a fair bit. We let them come back at us. Uh, and there's a couple of girls that... Uh, Knox had come from Scoresby, and there's a couple of girls in our team who had come from Scoresby as well. And, you know, I just said to the girls, let's do it for them, you know. Like, we're, we're there, you know, let's, let's do it. Let's get out in there and do it. But we, we didn't know. We didn't know what we were up against. And, you know, it's good to see. But, again, that was your first game. And, 
you know, what, what did the rest have in, in store for us? Had no idea. Well, one thing that was certainly a jaw-dropper in, uh, dra- in round two was you took on Melbourne University, who had made the Division One grand final last year. This is the reserves of their Premier Division side. Yes. And you belted them 70 to nil. Yeah, again, uh, someone had told me that after the game. They said these guys were um, the grand finals in last year. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah, and I, I went over but apparently they didn't have the same side in. So, mm. you know, so it's a different team you're playing against but it's nicer and comforting and it's a good message to give to the girls it's an amazing thing isn't it after four rounds at the moment you're you're sitting four and zip that we've had a look at the ladder and essentially it's the top five teams are what i call their firsts uh in division one while the bottom five teams are actually making up what i call the uh, reserves of the premier division clubs yeah we've we've had that discussion as well i think it's because they pull their you know their best to play and obviously their best side and um, and not that the other players aren't any good, but you know we're we're playing our top players who potentially could mix it in Premier, um, but we're playing our, our top players in that Division One. So uh, you know I, I think it's maybe a bit of a false a false comfort, you know, so to speak. But, you know those girls will be training with with the best, and you know by the end of the season, you know who knows what will happen. Also for you, uh, your reserves or seconds uh, have made the big step up as well from Division 5 all the way up to Division 3. Yeah, it's been a challenge. And again, it's another thing. We, we didn't know how any teams were in, the, in that division, in Division 3. And it's saying, let's just take each week as it comes. Uh, we got belted by Endeavour Hills last weekend, weekend before, um, which wasn't great for their confidence. But again, that side has a fair bit of experience. I know it's new to the league, but they've got a a lot of girls that have played a lot of football before uh, in that side. So I guess it's also trying the league trying to get the, the divisions right as well, you know. And indeed, we've seen, I guess, some uneven scores in Division 3, some in Division 1, and obviously it's going to take itself to um, uh, sort itself out. But do you, do you take any heart from your success so far in Division 1 that you're not too far off Premier Division? Yeah, I think that's true, but... Boy, I don't know. If you've watched some of those girls play, they are amazing, some of those women that play in Premier. So some of us old birds, you know, I'm, I'm on 41. I've got another lady on 41. I've got someone playing who I think she's 46. You know, um, us old birds won't be able to mix it up there. But some of, some of these young ladies, they're, they're coming to their third, fourth and fifth seasons, and that's where they'll be starting to hit their straps. So, you know, potentially if we retain the list, if they don't go off and get pregnant, which we've had a, a few, um, not issues, but a few ladies go and do that, uh, you don't get that in boys, what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if they uh, don't go off and get pregnant and they hang around the club, you know, potentially, yeah, absolutely be, um, you know, Premier. But again, you know, who knows how we match up against the Premier, premier side. And with a couple of girls in the 40s, as you said, no one's trying to um, maybe give a little elbow nudge to the competition saying, how about some Masters rules, footy for women? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe, I don't know. But that, um, that might highlight how old some of us are, you know, at, at, at this point. I, I like to think that our average age of our team is about 23 to 25, and I, and I, and I form that, that average, you know. <laughs> whatever positive you can take out of it, whatever positives <laughs> you can get. Um, also as well, because you, you're close to the Mornington Peninsula, which has traditionally had a very strong youth girls competition around that area, have you start to see, or at least we'll expect in the next year or two, any of the girls to be coming up from that towards Seaford? Uh, absolutely. We've got, um, I think it's two youth girl teams um, for Seaford. And we've we've had a few chats with them about linking in because some of those girls we've had uh, one of the girls Jess Bagley she's um, she's a youth girl from Seaford from last year and there's a handful of them due to come up next year as well so 
we're in a prime spot to, to get a few of those. Of course, we're always welcoming welcoming anyone from any other youth girl club. Um, Swifty, she's from a, a different youth girl club. I'm not quite sure which one she's from, but absolutely. You know, these kids, the earlier they play, aren't they amazing? Aren't they amazing? And before we let you go, Kate Gillespie-Jones also had a chance to run around in the AFL draft game for Victorians at the Witten Oval just a couple of months ago. Yeah, she is, she is a supreme athlete, Kate, and she works really hard at it. I reckon she could bench bench press me and you <laughs> in one in one go. And uh, one of our other girls, Kim Ebb, she also played in that game. And, and of course, both of them going well at the moment uh, as you start off your season with four and zip. Absolutely, you know. But you know, we're not um, we're not getting too far ahead of ourselves. You know, those games could have gone either way. They're they're all quality sides. Um, you know, we've just got to play each game as it comes, and hopefully, you know, we pick up as we get into the the end of the season and just the bef- business end of the season. So, and just before we let you go as well, you took on the um, other side, which was undefeated at that stage, was Cranbourne, and and I guess we should point out from the VWFL website, it's not an error. The final result of that game was one goal four to one goal two. Explain what happened. Oh, it was an arm wrestle. It was just an arm wrestle between the two arcs. It was atrocious conditions. The wind was blowing side, you know, sideways and the rain was going sideways. Uh, the ball wasn't getting anywhere. You'd, if you didn't have the wind, you were running, you know, you, you're running on the spot. And it was just a matter of trying to, when you didn't have the wind, you were just trying to lock down that ball so they couldn't get it. It was a best game of rugby that I've seen on an AFL field for a long time. <laughs> And I guess we should explain to those listening from Interstate as well that with Casey Fields, it's not just one oval, it's several sporting fields and there's virtually no wind protection anywhere. There's none. The uh, the shelter we had, I was coaching the, the game before, which was the D3 game, and the shelter we had wasn't really, a, well, it was a normal type bus shelter, but the, the wind and the rain coming through, because it was go, it was just coming through every gap that there was, it was it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So yeah, it, it, it absolutely truly was an arm wrestle with our with the football. That's what it was. And you know, we come away with it. You know, on on Sunday, who knows who knows what will happen when when we play each other again. Well, I guess the good news for you is the weather forecast for next Sunday is sunny and nineteen. A heck of a difference. <laughs> oh, I love it. These, these these cold days. You know, my old legs. You know, they <laughs> they're not so fun anymore. But. Uh, you know, it's much nicer playing in uh, in drier conditions. So, you know, you, you get to, you, you know, and it must have been a terrible game to watch. Must have been a terrible game to watch for for spectators. You know, the ball was just balled up in the middle, kicked between the two arcs. Really, little little penetration. You know, inside either either forward line. And we thank Tina very much for her time and wish the Tigerettes all the very best in Division 1 and Division 3 throughout the 2015 VWFL season. Now it's time to catch up with Marnie McGorm from AFL Queensland to talk about the Queensland women's AFL. And Marnie, before we talk about how Round 4 went, Round 3 is a bit unusual, at least for those of us, I guess, in the southern states and Victoria, something we've never heard of really down here, which is a washout. Round 3 got washed out and I believe it's been postponed. Yeah, yeah, postponed. We, um, we had a fair bit of rain come through uh, in the days leading up to the weekend um, and you know given that it was so early on in the season uh, we thought it was probably best to stay the ground and uh, push it back to the wet weather weekend by which we have allocated anyway um, so we've just postponed those games to the last weekend of July um, so we had a bit of a weekend off and you know as, as the usual story you are uh, postponed the games and Saturday was fine but 
a lot of our a lot of our fields are still recovering from the drenching that they got. Well, you were back on the track uh, last weekend for round four. And uh, first of all, an early game, 10.30 on Saturday morning. The Zilmere Eagles, uh, 6-7-43, uh, comfortable winners over the Queensland uh, University of Queensland by 24 points. Yeah, it was, in the end, it was a... You know, a 24-point win, but um, heading into the heading into the halftime break, the, the scores were quite even. Um, I know that University of Queensland were really, really happy with the way they tracked, even though they did lose uh, the last couple of seasons. They've regularly lost probably by 150 plus points uh, to Zilmere Eagles. So coming away losing 24 points is something that the girls are really, really proud of. Um, you know, UQ were neck and neck with Zilmere in the first half, um, and I think they're the third quarter, um, you know, really let them down and let Zilmere get away a little bit. Um, but plenty had to take away and plenty showed that UQ was really holding it against those, uh, you know, those top-tier uh, teams in the quaffle. Um, I think Zilmere will probably probably a little bit disappointed with their first half. Uh, but as I said, they capitalised on, on UQ's sort of lack of legs in the third quarter and, and really capitalised on their opportunities and showed, you know, glimpses of what we saw last year that earned them the place in the grand final. And a close one in the uh, next match between Cooling Gatta Tweed and Yoronga South Brisbane. Just 11 points separating them at the end. The Blues getting the points. Yeah, I was really excited to uh, see what the results would be of that game. Um, Cooling Gatta and Yoronga have obviously both had really, uh, really strong starts to the season. Uh, Cooling Gatta's obviously done some really great things in their pre-season to have such a strong start. And Yoronga sort of not bounced back, but obviously came in came in the top four last year, but really cemented their place sort of in that in that top tier um, or those top teams for this season. Um, and you know they kicked two goals um, on top of Coolangatta in the first quarter, but Coolangatta sort of flexed their muscles a little bit and ended up uh, getting over the top of them with their home ground advantage. It's been a bit of a tough old season for Griffith Maruka. Uh, they didn't get on the scoreboard against uh, Cooperoo, who just went about their business, 31-14-200. Yeah, look, Cooperoo is quite a clinical team. Um, they have their set structures and they know what to do. Um, you know, Griffith has had a, uh, a tough start to the season. I think that they're taking away a lot from every game. Um, they've got a couple of experienced girls, but I know a lot of them, you know, they, there's a few girls out there still learning the game, so I'm sure that they're still taking a lot out of versing these more experienced teams, uh, it was unfortunate that they couldn't couldn't get on the uh, on the scoreboard. But I do know that Coach Glenn Hoggetts was still pretty happy with their efforts, and particularly their second quarter, uh, they really locked Cooper down there. So it's probably their best quarter of the game. But I'm sure, Cooper are happy to get uh, a win on the board, having having lost uh, round one and then having a bye for two weeks in a row, obviously with the wet weather. Uh, looking ahead to round five and possibly the most even round of the year where, uh, first of all, the top two teams meeting at uh, quarter to five Saturday evening at uh, Coolangatta Tweed where the Blues are hosting the Eagles. Yeah, I'm really excited for this game. Uh, again, a similar story with Coolangatta versus Yeronga last week, but I think this will be a really exciting game and a really you know great show of female footy, uh, particularly in the quaffle this year so far. Um, Coolangatta and Zilmer actually were pitted against each other uh, in the final game of our pre-season carnival that we held. Um, but given, again, due to storms and that sort of thing, we actually had to cancel that game and both teams were pretty disappointed. So I know that both clubs are really looking forward to, um, to facing off against each other and seeing how they measure up against each other. Uh, at the other end of the table, 6th versus 7th will do battle also at 4.45pm. Wilston Grange, the Gorillas are hosting Griffith Maruka. Yeah, look, Wilson Grange, um, Ron Kent does great things out there with Wilson Grange and he's, uh, you know, pretty consistent um, with his team each year. I think he does get a lot of changeover between 
between uh, players each year sometimes. But I think he, you know, he welcomes the new players in really well. And there's, there is a lot few experience. Heidi Thompson's transferred over to Wilson Grange this year, so I know that she's been really helpful uh, across the back line and through the middle for Wilson Grange. Um, obviously, you know, a bit lower down the table, Griffith Maruka hopefully to capitalise on on this sort of match and maybe try and get some points on the board, um, even though they're playing away from home. And the middle of the table battle, third versus fourth on Sunday at 2.30pm, uh, Cooper Roo taking on Yoronga South Brisbane. Yeah, some great Sunday footy there. Um, I know that Cooper is trying to get their youth girls team aligned, so we'd hopefully get a, a good couple of games of uh, female footy on Sunday. Um, I think, again, this will be quite interesting, given that Cooper Roo suffered that you know, that loss in round one um, and that Yoronga have obviously had quite a strong start to 2015. I think this will be a really interesting uh, game on the weekend and I think it will really determine what that top four looks like comparatively to last year. And just before we go, two quick things on uh, Queensland footy. Uh, One that obviously we notice is there are a lot of 4.45pm Saturday afternoon uh, matches scheduled in the Quaffle compared to, I guess, something like a VWFL, which traditionally have Sunday afternoon matches. Uh, How do you find the crowds with those? And are they typically following on from the men's game? Yeah, it's one thing that we've tried to do over the last couple of years is... uh, is incorporate more men and women's footy together in Queensland. Uh, in previous years, we've had a lot of standalone games for female footy, which has attracted, you know, not the best crowds. Um, we have found that having the women's footy straight after the men it helps, you know, help supporters, so resources for the female teams hang around. And you do get the uh, the men's teams hanging around, uh, having a beer at their club on a Saturday afternoon, watching female footy, and it's just it's helping spread female footy and grow footy just from word of mouth people having a look at it and seeing, you know, the standard of standard of play that we're running here in Queensland. And just before you, we let you go, has there been a buzz around Queensland women's footy over the last few days? Although you didn't come away with the title uh, in Pool A at the uh, Youth Girls Carnival uh, to knock off WA and Victoria Country and uh, get close to Victoria Metro in the grand final, uh, it's been a sensational effort. Queensland female footy have covered over just the last few years. Yeah, look, our youth, our youth girls footy is really exciting um, and there's a lot of people around Queensland who are really excited about where our female footy is heading, um, particularly with our appointment of our high-performance coach, coach which has really helped us excel in our rep footy. Uh, and I think that showed at the, at the national championships with us beating WA for the first time, which was a really, really exciting achievement. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't go all the way and, and beat Vic. They sort of pipped us at the post, but um, you know, it certainly gives us a target to look forward to and know that we can measure up against teams like WA uh, for the future. Um, now that now that Youth Girls is uh, all done and dusted, you know, we're looking towards our senior women rep side take on Tasmania uh, in the next few weeks, um, and so hopefully carrying that representative momentum into the women's space and seeing hopefully we can be as, as successful as the Youth Girls were. And just quickly for some of the girls, a bit of a tune-up as well before a handful of them pull on the jumpers of either Melbourne or Western Bulldogs next weekend. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's getting close to the first exhibition match and obviously we're really excited for our five Queenslanders to be involved uh, and six if you include uh, Craig as the coach of the Western Bulldogs. Um, I know the girls have been, been training and really focusing hard on, on their preparations. Uh, Emma Zilke actually travelled with the youth girls side to WA uh, so we all managed to uh, get her a, cup, a game in uh, WA just so she had a good good lead up into the uh, 
into the game given that it's getting so close and we need to make sure those final preparations are being cemented. And we thank Marnie very much for her time and wish her all the very best as they run the QWFL. Hope for a smooth season and an exciting round five of football and wish the Queenslanders also all the very best of luck coming up on the June Queen's birthday weekend when they take on uh, Tasmania at Burpengary. Well it's time for me to wrap things up. It's been a pleasure having your company for another girlsplayfooty.com podcast. A reminder that our match of the round for this Sunday the 17th of May will be the VWFL Premier Division clash of the Eastern Devils taking on Diamond Creek. Join us from 1.30pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. I'm Peter Holden. Thank you very much for your company and bye for now.